0: Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. My name is Mike, and I do have the privilege of being the pastor here of this incredible church. If you're here for the very first time, we are stoked that you're here. We know that finding a church home can be extremely challenging, and as you uh, navigate through these challenges, we want to do our very best to connect you. So if you'll fill out the purple U-card that is located in the seat around you, fill that thing out. Uh, we would love to meet you in the lobby, put a free gift in your hand on our way out today. And uh, We do five things here. In case you didn't know, uh, we believe in encountering God, discovering purpose, leaving a legacy, making a difference, and finding real relationships. And uh, we believe that biblical community is not an accessory, but it's essential. And I'm reminded of two men that were lame Jesus encountered one had four friends that grabbed the corner of the mat dropped the mat through the roof came before the feet of Jesus another man had no friends and Jesus comes to him and he says I've tried every time the waters are stirred I have no friends to put me into the environment that would bring my healing. And I wonder how many of you, you're right there. You can see the atmosphere. You can see the healing. You can see the recovery. You can see the redemption. But you have yet to get connected in relationship with people who could get you into the place of healing that you would need. And so I want to tell you today, don't be the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Be the guy who told his friends, I need to meet Jesus. And they picked up a corner and they took him to Jesus they took him to Jesus. And I want to encourage you with that today. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read one verse and then we'll pray. Acts chapter 2. Every Pentecostal loves starting in the book of Acts and every person that believes in the early church loves to start in the book of Acts. It is the story of the first church. It wasn't a perfect church, but it is our primary example in scripture as to how we should live out our daily lives. There were um, Some incredible things that they did whenever they started the church. Acts chapter 2, capítulo 2, versículo 41, verse 41. There is a Spanish uh, life group, by the way. Focus in español. Gloria a Dios. Cristo vive. Aleluya. Aleluya. It's like my, my grandpa. Cristo vive. People are like, this church is weird please read the Bible and get me out of here. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the first church. It says this, those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 were added in one day. That's incredible. That is amazing. When people are scared of our church becoming a large church. I just want to take them to Acts two forty one. It's like three thousand people. If you don't like a big church, you might not even like heaven, because heaven is the biggest mega church in, in, in the entire history of churches. Because we're all singing praises and worshiping God, and here in the early church, about three thousand were at three thousand people. Don't tell me that God isn't about the numbers. Every number has a name and every name has a story. And every story is significant in the kingdom of God. And life groups is where those stories come to life. If you jump down to verse 42, Acts two forty-two, it says, Then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Turn to your neighbor and say fellowship very Christian word, brother, fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Father, help me preach this. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. There are two yeses of the early church. There are two times where the first church says yes. The first yes that many of you probably have already experienced is the yes of salvation. This is the yes between you and God. This is the, the, they were saved, they accepted the message and were baptized. This is a, a, a vertical yes, a yes to God, a receiving of his grace through his son, Jesus. This was the first yes. The second yes was devotion. The second, I can be saved by God, but not devoted to the fellowship of the believers. So there's two yeses that you have to make today. Yes, I believe in God. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. But yes, I also accept the fellowship with like-minded people. I say yes to Jesus and I say yes to you. When I say yes to Jesus and I say yes to you, I am actually fulfilling the early church's example. If I only say yes to God and I sit there and me, God, and no one else, I'm only 50% of the early church's yes because there's a second yes. The second yes is I'm devoted to each other. Could you imagine just saying yes at your wedding but never being devoted to your wife for the rest of your... That marriage won't last very long. I I could say my vows formally, but then I have to work them out relationally. I have a yes of salvation, which is I accept this message. I am baptized. About 3,000 people were added to this day, to to them that day. And then they devoted themselves. There's salvation, devotion, salvation, devotion. I've met a lot of people hanging on to salvation, but their life lacks devotion. And because they're not devoted to anything or anyone, they, they, they tend to come up unfulfilled and they leave our church saying I never was able to get connected. And it's no wonder you were able to get connected because you only said yes once when you're supposed to say yes twice. You're supposed to say yes twice. So if the first yes is salvation, the second yes is devotion. Devotion is mean it means to continually give of yourself. It is in the original language you see it there on the screen, proscarterio, to continually Give of yourself. We devote ourselves to friends. We devote ourselves to the Panthers, no matter who the coach is or who the quarterback is. No, we devote ourselves. We, we devote ourselves to our spouse, and now we, we must learn to devote ourselves, as the early church did, to the fellowship of believers. Our lives are marked by being devoted. The early church understood that I can be saved, but not devoted, but I need to be devoted in order to Survive. the let's look at that verse one more time they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer so we have devotion and then we have fellowship first of all the apostles teaching they they knew that there were things to know i i just read this quote it said uh there's no way the ocean can fit into a thimble do you know what a thimble is and so if you are limited in your learning capacity, you'll never know the goodness of God. And that's why it's important that you learn from the apostles' teaching. I'm not a self-proclaimed apostle per se, but what we are saying is when you come in here, you should learn about the scriptures, learn about God, and then you should fellowship, which is koinonia, koinonia, turn to your neighbor and say koinonia. koinonia. Back in my day, when we, we had koinonia Sunday where everybody brought a, a dish, a covered dish. It was koinonia. It was fellowship Sunday. And you had to see who brought which dish so that you knew which dish to touch and which one to avoid. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want koinonia in in the bathroom later on. I only want koinonia from the good stuff. So I'd look for the church mama that I knew knew how to throw down. You know what I'm saying? So if you have food at your life group coming up, make sure that that's real koinonia. You know what I'm saying? Koinonia is fellowship. To make commitment to God is also to make commitment to God's people. That's koinonia. They made community a commitment. And I have found it's a lot easier sometimes to commit to Christ than it is to commit to community. Because Christ is a spotless one, the lamb that was slain, the perfect one, the holy one. And so it's easy for me to accept a perfect God. It's hard sometimes for me to relate to imperfect people. So when it comes to salvation, I love it. But when it comes to koinonia, I'm like, "Mm, you got mess, man. You're messed up. Why would, I, why, would I want, why would I want a fellowship with you? You, you jacked up. Sometimes I find people, are, they love God, but they hate Christians. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. But that's not how the early church operated. They love God and they devoted themselves to Christians. So I'm devoted to you. And listen, I might know things about you that no one else knows, but I'm devoted to you. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's what life groups is all about. It's being devoted. It's I'm devoted to God and I'm devoted to one another fellowship it's koinonia koinonia people are messy they got issues they aren't perfect they make mistakes and some of you don't go to life group because you don't want to be exposed that is the very place that you should go your your friend group that doesn't know the lord can't help you when you get vulnerable but your life group can help you and there's a judgment-free zone it is the planet fitness of your soul You get saved and you get connected. You get connected with God and then you get connected to God's people. We must say yes to God and yes to his people. And then look what goes on in verse 43. It says, everyone was filled with all the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Miracles will happen in the context of life group. They'll follow once you're connected. All the believers were together, had everything in common. Imagine that in the world that is so divided right now, the believers, when they fellowship, when they coin a knee, when they develop, when they devote themselves to one another, they have everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need every day. They 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 continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See what happens when you devote yourself to God and to one another? Miracle signs and wonders happen. The favor of God begins to fall. It says they enjoyed the favor of all the people. Man, imagine that! Imagine you go to a life group and the favor of God is on someone. That's contagious, man. That's contagious. I, I want what you got. I'm going to spend time with you so that I can learn. I, I, I work out with a guy right now. He's sliced and diced and shredded and just ready for show. Like he's ready for like a bodybuilding show. And I'm like, I want what you got. So I'm. Gonna, I took him grocery shopping yesterday. I said, what do you buy at Aldi? Show me your ways. And so we bought whatever he buys at Aldi. You know, why? Because I want what he got. I'm devoted to to, to 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 his favor. I want the favor that's on his life, on my life. There are six commitments of the early church. I'll be very quick. It says a commitment to get along. All right, we got to get along. Hello. Got to get along. A commitment to care for one another. A life group will commit to care for one another. I've, I mean, there are so many stories I could tell you that from these leaders behind me and from those at our apex location and from those in this room that have seen God do transformative work in the context of community, people whose, you know, their house was being built and it wasn't ready in time and they allowed someone to come live with them until their until their house was finished. I mean, this is crazy stuff. I mean, this it could only be God. It could only be God. I've seen people, you know, uh, gathering resources together to help furnish a home. I've seen people come together when someone has a child to supply food and supply meals as they're getting adjusted we have to care for one another a commitment to worship together a commitment to hang out outside of the church notice that they hung out in homes they weren't it wasn't just a destination instead it was actually devotion church is not just the only the the building is not the only place where God is at work God is at work in you God is at work in these things and I think it's important a commitment to celebrate together and a commitment to grow the community So we need to get along. We need to care for one another. We need to worship together. We need to hang out outside of church. We need to celebrate together. And we need to witness and grow the community. That is what church is all about. The church is God's solution to man's isolation. It is is not good for man to be alone. So let me make a helper for him. Genesis 2.18, this community, this, what we're about to do is the solution that the world, lo- in, in their loneliness, this is the solution. You, my friend, are the solution. You are all agents of the gospel. You are all, those of you that are, that are leading at our Apex location, you are agents of the gospel. And, and here's what I know, commitment lasts longer in community. I'm more committed to the gym when I know my friends are there. Go try work out by yourself with no accountability and no friends. You will skip. Is it just me? I skip all the time and no one's there to watch me. I'm like, mm, one. Get on my phone. Mm, two. Mm, maybe. I think I'm done. I don't even have to shower because I didn't even sweat. It lasts so it lasts so much longer in community. Your commitment. When you find friends at this church, you'll stay here longer. You'll you'll be deep, deeper roots, deeper root system. It's like you if you don't commit yourself to community, then you'll at the at the first sign of a struggle and you don't have anyone to, to hold on to. It just commitment lasts longer in community. Uh, and if the enemy can get you separated and isolated, he can get you beat. and uh, And let us consider this Hebrews ten twenty four how we may spur on one another. Toward love, good deeds, and not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another as all the more you see the day approaching. It is time that you get into a space that is encouraging to you. We need each other. We need each other. Psalm 92, 12 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree and will grow like cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. This trend of like coming every once every six weeks and expecting God to transform your life—you gotta stay planted. You can't keep uprooting yourself. You gotta stay committed. You you gotta stay. You gotta stay in it. You gotta be like the cedars from Lebanon. You gotta be planted by the streams of water in the house of the Lord. It will last longer. Your commitment will go further and last longer if you do this thing together. If I I I, I'm I'm on a, a meal program right now and it's like i look at the staff and what they eat i'm like i wish someone would just help eat with me why don't y'all eat this rabbit food with me how come y'all are going to chick-fil-a twice a day right my commitment to my meal plan is a lot less frequent when i'm around people who frequent the places that i'm not supposed to go to but this is why we do life groups because we believe that your commitment will be solidified the the You know, it's it's interesting because we have to understand that this church is going to grow in this new season and as Easter approaches. But as the church grows, it's important that you understand this. The church must grow large because people matter. Our city matters. People that don't know the Lord matters. But the church must be small because you matter. So how do you avoid not feeling like a unit of praise that comes in? I'm unit 00400 and I'm just worshiping the Lord in this chair. You get into a life group. It will, it, will, it will ground your commitment to the church to where it's not just transactional, it's relational. Devoted to God on Sunday mornings through worship, devoted to each other during the week in life group. And when you have two yeses, what you'll find is that it's amazing. It's two yeses. This is why we do life groups, because the church must grow lar- larger because the city of Raleigh needs Jesus. But the church must grow smaller because you matter as well. And I could share testimony after testimony after testimony. Number two is, is this. We are stronger together. We're stronger together. Not only does commitment last longer when you're in community, but you get stronger when you're in community. Um, it's it's an incredible. We are designed to hold one another up. And I just... In First Peter 2.10, it says, once you were not a people, but now you are people of God, and we need each other's back. Uh, we should be stronger because of each other. Lifting up one another's arms in in, in, in persecuted times and in, in times of despair. When you go through the valley of despair, you should never go alone. You should never go alone. And It's important that you must understand that we can do little alone, or we can accomplish a lot together if you try to do this by yourself you know how it feels you're exhausted have you ever tried to do something by yourself I'm gonna move this couch I'm not waiting for for my spouse to get I'll move this couch I'm gonna move this I'm gonna move this table and you do it and you're like shouldn't have done that shouldn't have done that there, there's a, a a Belgium horse. I think they have a, a picture of it on the screen. It's the strongest in the world, and it can pull eight thousand pounds. Okay, eight thousand pound horse. Look at that horse. It's huge. It's huge. And, and so if you if you do the math and you multiplied what the horse can do, if one can pull eight thousand, how many horse? How many pounds should two be able to pull? Sixteen thousand. You would think that, but actually, two can pull twenty four thousand. So the strength is multiplied when you double the the, the the strength together. So one can only pull 8,000, but two can pull 24,000. Two horses that know each other well, it can increase up to 32,000 pounds. So the more chemistry that the two horses have together, the stronger that they get. And I want to let you know today, if you're trying to live life by yourself, you're leaving yourself in a weak place. You're leaving yourself with limited capacity. You won't be able to do the things... That That God has called you to do but when you link arms with the people that are that are like-minded when you when you get connected in community what used to only be 8,000 then you thought it was 24,000 now it's 36,000 pounds you got to think about this we are a team Romans 12 4 I'm got to finish soon for just as each of us has one body with many members these bodies do not have all the same function praise God We don't have 16 elbows in the body of Christ. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Many people, but one body, unified. And each member belongs to all the others. You are unique. Some of you are the uh, pinky. Some of you are the elbow. Some of you are the forehead. And some of you are rear ends. But um, (laughs) that was in my notes. That's the only reason I said that wasn't off the cuff. That was written down. Here's here's how I put it in my notes. And here's how, John, you could come and play. Here's how I put it in my notes. Number one is every member is a minister. Come on. That's it. I love that. This is this is this is New Testament. The veil has been torn. There's no longer a priest that has to go before God on your behalf. Every member, every member is a minister. Every member is a minister. Number two, every task is important. From the guy that's leaf blowing the parking lot before you get here to the to the people that are wrist deep in diapers in the nursery, to the person who prints the curriculum so that your kids can be taught biblical truths. It, every task is important. Every member is a minister. Every task is important. And everyone is a level 10 at something. Like everyone has a gift to do something so well. I, I, um, there's someone who's in theater and they help me not sweat on my face by applying makeup. Don't, don't judge me. Um, these lights are are hot, and so, and they're about to go to a play, and they have six showings of this play, and I thought, man, like, I don't know how good of a accountant you are, but he's definitely a good actor. Like, he's a number 10 at acting, and so, Don't get stuck thinking that you'll always just, I'm just going to be this. I'm just going to do that. You need to find your place and be a number 10 at everything. it's, it's, It's learning to serve and to join a group. That's how you find where you're a 10 at. You are not saved to sit. You are saved to be sent. Our vision is one-tenth of the population of Raleigh, and it is going to take a united, missions-minded church to reach the city. And this is what the Lord has been challenging me. As we approach a time where we're more than likely going to be burning the mortgage of this place within the next 60 days. This is what the Lord has been challenging me. It's time to say yes again. It's over. The restrictions are lifting. It's, it's time to say yes again. It's time to say yes to community again. It's time to say yes to Jesus again. It's time to say yes to leading a life group. It's time to say yes to serving. It's time to say yes again. Can you say yes to God one more time? It's 13 weeks of your life. Can you just say yes? Would you stand to your feet at both of our locations? Yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. We say yes. Your first yes offers you salvation. Your second yes offers you significance. Your first yes offers you salvation. Say yes to Jesus. Your second yes says, I'm gonna serve the kingdom until I'm blue in the face. I'm gonna give my life for this church. I'm gonna give my life for the church. I'm gonna devote myself. And I believe lives will be changed, marriages will be restored, kids will be reached. Not just because you said yes to salvation, but because you said yes to devotion. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. I pray a blessing over every single life group leader. I speak open doors and outpouring upon them for their sacrifice. Conversations that lead to transformative miracles, signs and wonders. People who have questions about the Bible, questions about faith, people who have struggled their whole lives with doubt and fear and anxiety. I pray that the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit would come into every home and every place where all these life groups are going to be led. The men's groups, the marriage groups, the women's groups, the groups online, the groups outside, all of them, Lord, I just pray a special blessing over them. Every member is a minister. Every task is important and everyone is attending something. And I just thank you for these ministers. I commission them as we go sign up for life groups today. Father, we love you. Our yes today isn't at the altar. Our yes today is in the back of the room to sign up for groups. That is our yes. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for God's word. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends. And hey, while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.